Cel de luna menys a mare, mamma mi, mamma de dare. Welcome, everybody. Here we are, Hollywood Godfather Podcast. Again and again and again and again. Thank you all. I have to thank all of you, and we, we put it out in a, in a blast because last week on Instagram and all that, we were trying to encourage people to go to Falls View Casino. And Pat, you ain't going to believe it. Tell me. I'm sold out 1,500 seats. I didn't know you had that many relatives. I mean it. <laughs> and I'm sold out the following engagement in resorts, sold out. At Atlantic City. In Atlantic City already. You've got a whole new career here. I know. I may do this more often. There you go. <laughs> I'm learning how to dance next. Yeah. But anyway, I want to thank all of you. And that's, as you know, my compadre, Pat, is on the, on the line with us. Megan, or Millennium, Millennium, You're so good at yeah, it. Easy for you to say. But it's it's today. I'm wearing black. Not that the audience could see, because we were just talking about it. How do you lose in one week two people you know who hit a hundred and three years? That's incredible. That's insanity. First was uh, you know. Uh, the guy I met in the film business and lived up in Beverly Hills and we supported so many things. And uh, Kurt Douglas, everybody knows Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas, I don't know how many people know this, came to fame when he was doing a TV series called The Streets of San Francisco. I watched that when I was uh, younger. Oh, young, really, really young. That was, that, was in the, that, was, that was in the 70s. I know. Him and Carl Mold. Why I brought it up, he, he was so successful on television, he wanted to do something in the movie business. And Kurt, I mean, like a lot of the older, older people in the business who had money, and Kurt had a lot of money, he asked his father, Michael asked Kurt, he said, Dad, do you have a script that is worthy? I want to make a movie. I want to produce it. I don't want to be in I want to produce it. So yeah, I got this movie. You should read it. Cuckoo's Nest. Oh my gosh. That was Michael Douglas's first project as a producer. With Jack One flew Nicholson. over the cuckoo's nest. One flew, One flew cuckoo's over nest. the cuckoo's nest. You believe yeah, this? That's why we were talking before we went on the air. Michael left, I mean, Kurt left his fortune of 60 million. I can't believe it was only 60 million. But he was always... So generous, him and his wife, and just cyanide and the colleges and all that. So none of the kids got a dime, and we won't get into that because that's privately. Yeah. But we all realize Michael's worth three hundred million. <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't need the money, and I guess uh, uh, Kirk wanted to support his charities. Good right. for him. Yeah, uh, there there was ten million left over. Right. Uh, that he slush fund. Bequeathed. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, pocket change. <laughs> I'm sure that goes to the wife. And there's got to be trust funds around that had nothing to do with his legacy. Right. Uh, right. I'm sure he was uh, very smart to take care of his money. And then on the other side of the whole spectrum, today, Sonny Francesi died. And that has, I was, we talked about this before we went on air. That hasn't hit the press yet. No, probably not. But it had just begun, I think, today. But I think it'll start happening by the time we air the show. The people are going to know who he is. I mean, this guy's a legend. Mm. And ironically, again, how he touched my life. Because he was with the Columbos. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to have a problem with him when I didn't show up on the dais. And they said, why wasn't Johnny Russo sitting on the dais the day January 28, 1971? When, when uh, Joe Colombo got shot. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah, your uh, presence was, your absence was noted. <laughs> Very noted. Definitely was. Yeah. By three organizations. <laughs> FBI, OCB, Organized Crime Bureau, and La Cosa Nostra. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, well, he, uh, you know, if you have to time your death, he did it well. I mean, how many years did he do? Oh, my God. I mean, he was in when, when the FBI, when uh, Colombo first started picketing the old FBI building on 67th Street, because I had the security detail. He was in then. Right. 
No, I, bank, I would say he's bank done. Robbery. Bank I would robbery. say he's done half his life. That's crazy. Well, then he, he came out in '93, and his son, John Jr., because his real name is John. Sonny's yeah. name is John. John Jr. After Michael putting him in jail, his son John said, "I'll wear a wire," because he didn't want to go to jail either. And he didn't realize he had his father and his uncle on the same wire. And at 93, he went back in again oh, for another geez. seven, eight years. And they let him out because of his health. But well, that, that was fairly recently. That was within the last year. Oh, yeah. So he was let out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. a compassionate discharge. Mm, okay. And I, which, I, is I, what, I, which is why Gene, uh, Gene Gotti's trying to get one of those. I don't right, think it's going right. to work. But the thing is, this is funny. But I just saw him at Corona Parkside Restaurant which is a very close friend of mine, and he's a legitimate guy. They say he's this, he says that. Tony Parkside. Mm -hmm. But Tony, we all recognize Sonny as a legend. I mean, there's very few people like a Sonny. Well, I can name them. Carlo Gambino. Mm -hmm. O'Neill Della Croco. Frank Costello. Tony Accardo. They died, not a violent death. They were gentlemen. This guy has to go down in history. I was as the most career honorable guy in the world. Yeah, he seems to be very well respected. Oh my God, yeah. And it's ironic because I just did, Thursday, they came here with a camera crew. Mm -hmm. They made me, which I thought was a privilege, a part of a documentary for Netflix on Sonny Francesi. No way. I just did it this Thursday. Hmm. So you're going to hear this first, obviously, on our podcast, and then you're going to see it on Netflix. When and is that going to be aired? No. Well, you never know. That's why I know this ours will be on first. But uh, the uh, Newsday is doing it, and Sharon and Rachel, I don't want to give up their last names, they were the producer and came here with the camera crew, and we really went into some stuff. Because I knew Sonny before his legendary situation because he was with the Columbos and most of our viewers know the Columbos got me my partner Godfather and Sonny was a fixture at the Copacabana hmm. every opening night every major star he was ringside and he knew me as the kid so it's, it's ironic that here we are and what can you contribute Pat from the other side of the other side well, of the uh, uh, Sonny French Chase, not much. Like I said, the only thing that I knew was in the in the 60s when uh, Joe Colombo invented the uh, Italian Anti-Defamation League. He uh, did it under the uh, auspices of uh, Sonny French Chase being railroaded uh, uh, to prison. And when the FBI had their offices on the east side on 67th Street, right. he uh, had hundreds of people picketing that place. He was also condemning the FBI... For uh, his son, in, in his in his words, harassing his son. Right. But uh, Sonny's wife was there. I I, I recall her being uh, present at, at at least one of those rallies. They are talking. This is like 1969, 1970. Right. I mean, the very latest it was 1970. But that's all I know about him. Really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Allah Bunamana, Sonny Francesi, mm -hmm. John Francesi. He he, he died so young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should be. The he same. had a full life. I want to be young. You said it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's as long as you're in good shape, and that's what counts. Whenever you go, you go. Absolutely. Well, we want to respect him for a lot of yeah. reasons. Indirectly, I probably wasn't wouldn't be Carlo, and the Godfather wasn't for the Columbos, and he was yeah. a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So we thank you and his family. God, God rest his soul. And now we're going to go to the mailbag. Yeah, the rest of this episode is dedicated to you guys, so we'll be answering your questions. Please. All right, let's get into it. First one is from Mishan. Mishan says, I listen to your podcast every single day, and I tell everyone to listen. It's so interesting and riveting. I look forward to each episode, and I can't wait to read your book. Gianni, what was the moment in your life that made you realize your passion for acting? My ego. <laughs> you were born when, with it. No, I, when you I, realized that you had an ego, what were you, two? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 it was. I mean, it's funny because 
That's a funny question because I was asked that yesterday, actually. But imagine I'm a kid, no education. A guy like Frank Costello takes me under his wing. I got more money than I can spend. I'm not a gambler. I don't use drugs. never did. And now they write a book called The Godfather. I said, well, I want to be in that. Why not? And I'm not going to go through the trials and tribulations. I would never be in that film if I did it the way you're supposed to. And I happen to know Joe Colombo and a guy called Sonny Francesi, (laughs) who was not really out in the focus at that time, but a pivoting point of all of those guys. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to me, they called in Joe Colombo when he started picketing the Gambino family and Frank Costello, who was my mentor, said, we are a secret organization. <laughs> you can't be doing what you're doing. And I became an actor. <laughs> Thank God. And we're so glad you did. <laughs> yes, and you're still acting. I am. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But, but, so who and knows? You're a good one, too. You, you may make it a career. Maybe. Gonna, maybe. Maybe I'm, in a few I'm years. Think next about couple it. of years, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, after this next it. project. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see how that one goes. We'll see what we do after I'm 80. <laughs> Speaking of that project, so this next message is from Mark. Mark says, I just finished your book. My good friend Miles Watson knows Pat and recommended it. This would make for an epic movie, and he plans to have it optioned. I'm a Godfather fan and new makeup artist Dick Smith, who created Brando's look. Oh, wow. And for a while had some makeup artifacts from the film, which I donated to the Academy Museum last year. Amazing story. I wish you continued success. Who is this guy? I like this, this guy. This guy name's Mark. He's interested in when this is going to become Mark, I don't know how old you are, but if you know Dick Smith, you're up there with me. Not as old as I am, but Dick Smith is a genius. We hired him also in The Freshman to recreate Brando into, mm. into Don Corleone again. But um, Dick Smith and Marlon Brando, I mean, I don't know where I'd be because they made my scenes believable. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are, we have- In the works. A big focus. I have to, I'm just, I'm, I can say this now because the deal is done. Mark Canton of Goodfellas, Goodfellas. fame mm-hmm. is producing. Colin do Wilson. For, do we know that for sure at this point? Co-producer. That's all done. Done. Okay. For sure. I'm saying it publicly. I can't say it publicly. <laughs> I hope it's for sure. Their then. prices yeah. will be going up. It's done. Yeah. Done. Deal. <laughs> and a guy that I knew who was a child in my wedding, in Nick Bolalongo. Mm-hmm. In the Godfather scene, his father, Tony Lip, brought him on because we needed kids. And now Nick Vallelongo was awarded last year Best Picture, Best Screenplay for Green Book. Look at this, I mean, uh, uh, trifecta we have here. Yeah, we got a good <laughs> team going on. I got the best team, and then I got the other guy on the other side there, Pat. You over here with how could we lose? This is, we're on <laughs> what our could way. What possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing's I really hope right. nothing. All right. Next one is from Jordan. Jordan says, clearly you've had numerous encounters with Hollywood starts throughout your life, speaking of Gianni. But somehow I still get a bit shocked when hearing how extensive your list of celebrity friends actually is. One that particularly surprised me was Michael Jackson. What is your best MJ story? Michael Jackson, I, I knew my, I could have invested in Michael Jackson when a guy called Aaron Russo, not even a relative of mine, m- managed the Jackson Five. It happened in New York. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to put money up. And I said, well, I, you know, and I asked Costello, he said, I'm getting involved in that. No, too much publicity. But Michael Jackson later on, when I got involved with Elizabeth Taylor, and I co-produced with uh, Stevie Wonder, Carol Bayer Sager, I mean, Gladys Knight, Never Loved This Way Again. We gave all the money to Amphar. Amphar was the original charity that Elizabeth Taylor created for AIDS. And I see Quincy and everybody yet, we say, 
You realize we gave the biggest album away. Nobody made a dime on that. And it's it's crazy. And Michael and I and Elizabeth, which is a cr- strange. <laughs> That's a great trio right there. I don't belong right that one. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> no, it gets to, to a, it gets to a quartet. Okay. Because then they throw Brando into it. Brando. And Michael, Elizabeth Taylor, and I said, we got to, and Michael said, we got to get him, we got to get him to the hospital. And I don't know what these two maniacs are doing. So I said, he was 360 pounds. Brando was? Brando was. Yeah. So Michael and Elizabeth convinced him to go. Wasn't, this is in June, I forgot even when he died. And Michael calls me up. We killed him. We killed him. I said, who'd I kill now? Who who is that? I didn't even know who it was. Because he gets panicky. Mm -hmm. He says, Michael. Because he was registered as his next kin in the hospital. Then he called Michael. Because Christian's already dead. His daughter, Cheyenne, killed committed suicide. So in the hospital, and Michael Jackson went out and hello. And interesting. Yeah, he went through the bypass, but nobody realized the damage of his life and his prior life. Rejected everything, and he died. Died in June, I remember. Hmm. But my association with Michael, believe me, was very short. Was it? Are <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't even walk in the neighborhood. No, man, I'm, I'm going to take Michael Jackson to Mulberry Street. Are you crazy? <laughs> All right, then. Next one is from Federico. Federico says, why is it that John Gotti wasn't killed for ordering the unsanctioned assassination of Paul Castellano? I know there was one attempt on his life by bombing his car, but when that didn't work, why wasn't the hit pursued? Great podcast. Keep up the good work. Bottom line, Mr. Federici. Federici? Federico. Federico. I'm glad I cleaned that up. <laughs> the, the, when Gas Pipe tried to blow up his car, that was long before... He killed Tommy Bellotti and Paul Castellano. There was a meeting in Brooklyn. Frankie Boy DiCicco was with him, an underboss. They were just rising stars. It was a Sunday morning. Federico, I mean, uh, Frankie Boy was running out the car, and he threw John's coat on. So the guy down the block thought it was John. He blew him up. Oh. That was gas pipe. Castle. Castle, yeah. Right. But why wasn't he pursued for that for the Castle? For that specific assassination. Let's get to that. That's a separate question because this is a while later. Uh-huh. He just took over. I mean, what John did, and I'm I mean, and I'm not his ruler or anything else. I'm on the outside looking in. There is no way without getting it sanctioned from the commission. That you could whack Paul Castellano and Tommy Bellotti. They already took their position. John was so loyal to O'Neill de la Croco. I don't know if everybody knows who that guy was. He was the underboss for years with the Gambinos. And John just said, screw it. And like everybody else's, they're not following the rules anymore. John made his son, made. You can't make John Jr. Hmm. under Locosto rules in Sicily. His mother's Jewish, not Italian. Yeah, so, but why didn't they uh, have some kind of uh, uh, sanction against Gotti for killing a boss? You know what happened? It got to be money and earnings. It was making money. With money? Forget how much money they were making. All about money. So it's always That's what it been. comes down to. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on the outside looking in. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I've seen it over the years. Guys, I said, why was that guy made? Oh, he's a big earner. Oh, he didn't go through the ranks? He, no. Money. And it's, it's getting worse now. That's why I'm glad it went back to the old country. Now, that ain't happening no more. We watch, I mean, look at Sammy the Bull. He destroyed... Millions and millions of dollars in Vegas, and they let him do it. And look what Sam got taken out for that reason. 
couldn't control the guy you put in place. You talking about Bugsy Sieg? No, talking about Sam Giancana. Well, Giancana, you, you, yeah, you said Gravano. I got mixed up. Yeah, but I'm saying Sam Gravano. Sammy Gravano. Yeah. What about him? That was the same thing with, with uh, John. They played the tapes. He went about scoring. They blew this whole thing apart. Rats. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, I just if, Sammy would have never flipped. Sammy believed in this whole oath of Omada. And Sammy, when he heard, the, and the FBI was smart, they went to his cell, and they up in Mary's apartment, two floors up over to Ravenite, on a federal t wiretap. He heard John say, we got to take Sam out. He would have did anything with John. All these guys, I mean, it's about loyalty. And then it gets to yeah, be... Yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, Gotti may have believed, uh, believed possibly that he was leading a charmed life. I mean, he, he made quite a few errors, talking too much, killing Castellano. He was a movie star. Apparently, Impressed. I never got his autograph. Gee, I, I, I missed out. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that's what I, I watched yeah, it I from afar because I knew I knew I knew John through a, a very close friend of mine, childhood friend of mine, who's coming out soon. And every time they invited me, I said, "Yo, Joe, I really don't want to go because I know how these guys think. They don't like if they're not king, and they're not getting the attention. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there anyway." That's why I'm still here. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So next one is from Jalal. Jalal asks for Gianni, do you like Quentin Tarantino's movies? Is he well regarded in the Italian-American community? I don't think so. <laughs> why not? He's a, I mean, Quentin Tarantino's a genius. I've known him. I, I sat on the dais at the Friars Club when they honored him. Okay. Why not, why not be there? <laughs> but Quentin Tarantino, I mean... Does great movies, and I'm glad that you know Brad Pitt won because of his movie, mm -hmm. and he and he, he should get the accolade. I really don't know Quentin Tarantino, but I don't uh, think uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino became a father for the first time yesterday. Really? Is that yeah. true? Oh my gosh! How old is he? Fifty-six. Well, congrats! That's all he is. Yeah, he must have had a rough life. He looks old. <laughs> be better late than never, as they say. That well, is why true. not? Yeah. Good yeah. for him. I was 48 when I had my, my first kids. Oh, did you? Really? You were 48 when you had your first baby? That's right. Well, actually, my wife helped. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm yeah. saying. I would hope. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was 48. My first yeah. child was, wow. I was 19. Were you really 19? Yeah. I don't yep. think I've ever asked you that question. My oldest son is 58, 58 years old. Collusion. You were 19. Wow. I was 19. He's 58. Figure it out. Jeez, I'll do the math. Oh, hmm. All right. So next one is from Simon. Along with your amazing interview, I saw an interview on Valuetainment where Frank Culotta, is that, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, Culotta. Right. made comments about his relationship with you. How well did you know him? Well, Frank Culotta moved in a building called, how do I know this shit? What is it? Frank Culotta moved in a building called the Marie Antoinette on Harmon and Colville Lane <laughs> only to keep an eye on me was Spalatro. Really? But he didn't realize I had six apartments upstairs keeping an eye on him, <laughs> plus the security guards. Do you think he knows that to this day? Or oh, no? he knows it now. Oh, okay, That's why good. he was so nice to At me. At least we're not giving anything up. No, no, no. no he's going to give up on me. I'll put a bullet in his head tomorrow morning. Oh, goodness. But everybody said, aren't you afraid someone's to come to your door? I want him to come to my door. <laughs> I'm, I'm legal no, in my no, apartment. No, no, I'm no, legal no, in my apartment. No, we don't. You know that. That's why Megan's there. Pat, you know yeah, the law. Yeah, just invite him not. Don't go outside. Come in my apartment. I'm going to shoot you. See you later. See oh, you later. goodness. Well, now, but, now you have the you have the cane. Oh, I got You don't need that. Pat don't even know about that new weapon I just got. <laughs> don't but, call it a weapon. Well, whatever. But anyway, Frank Collada was part of the hole-in-the-wall gang. Uh-huh. And I've actually... The man who I have to say thank you to, and so does Pat, and all of us, basically. I mean, Patrick Bed David did a, an interview for us. We're a million three hundred thousand heads. So he's always calling me. I'm going to interview Sammy DeBow. What do you want me to say? Nothing. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> does that Frank, mean about you? What does yeah, he want you to yeah. say? Frank Collada. No. 
Because that was the one interview he said, so you knew Gianni Russo. And he was like, yeah, I knew Gianni. I watched it myself when I saw this question. Say, but yeah. I, what, what am I going to say about these guys? There was They're a still guy. around. Yeah, hello. They are still around. They're, hello. Mm-hmm. But no, hold on. I would take these two guys out in two minutes. <laughs> minutes. Seconds. Well, that's never going to Okay, well, if anybody's listening, uh, we're going to edit that part out, uh, Mr. FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he's going to come and threaten me. We never said that. No, no, no nobody said right. that. No, but but I'm just I saying. get what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm going to worry about Frank Collada. Are you crazy? <laughs> but you guys did know each other. That's, that was the question. Very much okay, so. Got it. All right. Very good. And I respect yeah. the guy. Good. But. Don't come after me. <laughs> I don't think he's going to come after you. He had very nice things to say about you in the interview. Know. So we should too. <laughs> oh, no. Great. <laughs> All right. Next one is from Carlos. Carlos says, when did you first begin to think about writing a book? Was it a daunting task to begin writing down all of these amazing experiences that you've had? It was not a daunting task. I thought it needed to be said in this society where everybody's not paying attention. They're not even talking. They're corresponding to their siblings in the same room on devices. It's time to wake up. This society is going to the wayside, man. If you can't talk, correspond, and say, I love you without typing it, let's, why don't we just take a big pill and everybody go to sleep? Yeah, so that's basically how, how uh, you and I got involved. This was basically a memoir for your family. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what the audience doesn't know is you started uh, uh, looking for a writer in 1995. And great writers. Yeah, yeah you Bozina. take your time. I'll give you that. Major <laughs> guys. Found, yeah. Until he found the right one. And, 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 and a compliment to him because we both have the same agent. Yeah. And in 95, Frank Wyman started bringing in people to me. Mm-hmm. And they are major writers that most recognize, not even to embarrass them. And all I would say, I have one life. You're going to keep writing books. Could you, and I'm talking about major recognized writers, right. as could you write me a synopsis of who you think Johnny Russo is? It's a good idea. And a couple of them said, are you crazy? You know who I am? I said, yeah, do you know who I am? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the follow-up question. Hello. Well, anytime yeah. you write a memoir, you have to get into the subject's head. And if these guys really don't know the street and no. the history. Don't know their, your it's, voice. It's very difficult to, to convey what you don't know on paper. Oh, right? yeah. That definitely seems care. true. You know, these guys, the writers that uh, Johnny's talking about, I, I know the names because I won't mention them either. These guys, one is a, Pul- a Pulitzer Prize winner. Hello. Uh, and the, the others are extremely well-known. Even people who don't read would, 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 would know, know them. them. Yeah. However, they don't know the street. Yeah, but I mean, once Pat and I spoke, and, and, and Frank Wyman, which we have to thank him our success. Mm-hmm. He's both our agents. And I talked to, I said, let me talk to him on the phone. When I talked to him on the phone, we're done. He had your voice. Not only that, 18 months later, I finally meet the guy. We <laughs> did this the on the phone. Written, when was yeah. the first time you guys met? Uh, well, we, we, Pittsburgh. The book, was, uh, the, the book was finished months and months and months. He, Johnny calls me up one day. He said, yeah, I'm going to uh, Pittsburgh to do uh, some uh, advertising for uh, my vodka and some food and everything. And And I said, I said, I I live in Pittsburgh. He said, you do? And that's what started it. And uh, And we had a great dinner in front of a fireplace. I remember. Oh, it was great. We had a great time. But that was the first time we met. The first time we met. Months. Months and months. But he was like a brother I never had. Yeah, you guys talked every day, I'm sure. Every day. It's like a big connection to put that together, I'm sure. I mean, I hate to bring him down to my level, but he speaks my language. I could never speak his. He's very (laughs) (laughs) affluent. The thing is, it's, it's hard enough to do a book over the phone, but you really have to have a connection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that. And, and uh, we're not well, done either. No, no we're that. definitely not done. That's we for sure. We are definitely not done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next one is from Marie. Marie says, from what I've seen of you in the past to what I've seen today, Gianni, you still seem to be a stand-up guy with lots of smarts, wit, and a lot of energy. 
How do you think you've changed now that you're in your 70s? I haven't changed. <laughs> I don't think I'm in my 70s. <laughs> That's how nuts That's I why am. you're going to get to your 80s and 90s. Keep yeah. that attitude up. Right. Maybe hundreds too. No, I wish people would follow me. Don't change nothing. You got a success, keep it going. Mm. Don't listen to everybody. You know how many people told me I should change it? They asked me to change my name. It's too ethnic. Oh, what am I? What, should I become Jewish now or Polish? Not that I, I love all those people. Right. But you I'm, don't I'm want Johnny to change Russo. your own name. Yeah. You later. Hmm. How about how about in your next life, Jonathan Ross? How's that? Jonathan Ross. I don't want to come back. All right, I don't blame you. No, <laughs> he's gonna haunt us. I'm gonna be around for the next yeah. 50 years. When I leave this time, I'm leaving. I'll take all my friends with me. <laughs> well, I want to go to heaven because I know they have more fun than hell. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> they are. Nah. I pray every day now. I know you do. When I leave. I want to go have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have fun. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Next one is from Douglas. Douglas says, I recently read an interview with you from A&E online that described you as a mob, quote unquote, contractor in its title. I've never heard that word used to describe you before. So how would you describe the title of your role in the mafia? I'm not going to verify that. They called I'll you a contractor. It. I know, but I get indicted being a contractor. Well, they wrote it and put it out there. Well, so. they, they did that? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should sue them. What do you think, Pat? <laughs> they made they a called mistake. you a mob contractor. They, they get one pass. If they do it again, send your lawyer. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I had a lot of associations. I've always made sure, I've been in the gray area most of my life. Right. I'm not black and white, I'm not trying to say that. But I always watched what I did, and I've always had great mentors that watched for me. A contractor, yeah, I took a lot of contracts. But anyway, what I bid you a swimming pool, what I do, you hmm. build your house? Yeah, right. What's so, the sell a wig, some jewelry? Yeah. yeah, hello. There you go. How many places we had? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is from Casey. Casey says, I've been fascinated by the life of Frank Costello for a few near years now and enjoy your stories. Anthony Quinn had begun production on a movie about Costello which never materialized. Do you know why? I have always found it odd that a movie has never been made about such an interesting man. I think a lot of subject matter has been about Costello and I go back to my conversation at the pool at Johnny and Yelly's house in Nice when Mario Puzo said he used Joe Fafacci for the olive oil, the humbleness of Carlo Gambino as Don Corleone in the clothes in the garden, and Frank Costello controlling Tammany Hall mm -hmm. and the politicians. Right. And everything else. So, I, I, I indirectly, I think The Godfather was about him. About Costello. But do you know anything about this Anthony Quinn film that was? I in knew about production? they were trying to do it. Anthony Quinn, uh, his last big movie. And this may be a shocker to everybody. Was a television movie that we all spoke to really at length because John Gotti was in jail. I was doing a movie called Striptease mm -hmm. with Armand Asante and Demi Moore, and Armand got a call from HBO where they wanted him to play John Gotti. And he said, I ain't going near that. And he talked to me. I said, why you should do this? Mm. And uh, most people didn't know, like a lot of other guys in, in, in jail, they got, they had guards' phones, which they pay their mortgage for an hour a day. I said, Alban, don't pass this up. You're coming out of this movie, which was a good movie, and they want you to play in HBO movie, Good Gotti. I literally, through a friend of mine called JW, had Gotti call him on my phone. <laughs> Hmm. on the set in Florida. And I said, excuse me, cut, cut the scene a minute, because you can't say, well, call me back in an hour. Mm -hmm. I said, cut the scene a second. And I gave, and he's still alive, Armand Asante, so he could de definitely verify it if he wants to. Hmm. It was John Gotti on the phone. Wow. In his cell. 
oh saying, gosh. I just heard they ask you, it would be my privilege for you to play me. And I don't know how many people in my R audience have seen that movie. I have. And he did a great job. Did a great job, yeah, he did. Great job. Wow. I don't think about William Forsythe playing. I don't know where that came from, but yeah. William Forsythe played a Sammy the Bull. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. See, people got to watch what they ask us. We have the history. <laughs> we have the answers. We got it all. We're not Too looking much knowledge. Enough. My brain is bursting. <laughs> I learn so much every time I'm here. All right. Next one is from Bob. Bob says, what was it like working with Robert Duvall? He's amazing. Robert Duvall is like James Caan. He's a pompous asshole. <laughs> I tell you the Tell us how you really feel. You're really giving people wake-up calls about well, these I'm people saying, they like, on. huh? They're right. I mean... Be human, man. So you're Robert Duvall, great. But so he wasn't next, that fun to work with? Not for me. I didn't care about him one way or the other. Okay. No, you asked me how I felt about him? Yeah. How did you, what was it like working with Robert Duvall? But nothing. All right, moving on. Moving okay. on. <laughs> next one is from Chuck for Patrick. Chuck right. says, how many books have you co-written with celebrities or public figures like Gianni? Has Hollywood Godfather been the most successful? If so, could you foresee that before it was released? Without a doubt, Hollywood Godfather has been the most uh, fun and enlightening book I've ever written. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, look where we are now. Generally, oh. I uh, write a book and I fade off into the sunset. <laughs> uh, but to answer I ain't question, letting you go nowhere, buddy. <laughs> no, no, I got people yeah, watching I'm, your I'm house. Not, I'm, I'm having a great time. Uh -oh. this is, you know, you often told me, Johnny, that I changed your life. You changed my life. That said, I've co-authored books with quite a few people, none of them celebrities. Uh, I did a uh, Master Jewel Thief, probably the world's best, a guy named George Feeder. I did uh, uh, cop books mostly that, that I you know, collaborated on mm -hmm. the same basic premise I did with Gianni. Right. Uh, but no one uh, uh, that anyone would uh, be aware of. They don't have celebrity status. Got otherwise. it. You know what it is, though, with us, I, I mean, and, and that's a nice compliment that this gentleman thought we had celebrity status. My life was not celebrity. It was what Pat caught here was the realism of my life. It wasn't the celebrity. Yeah, we only part. did we only did the uh, uh, two chapters on the Godfather. That's all we did. Right. Yeah, this was a survival situation yeah. in an environment that the world is attracted to, and it was his genius in writing that people now. I mean, we're getting accolades from around the world. Mm -hmm. You keep talking, my price is going up. Hey, buddy, yeah. I'll pay anything you want, man. I write a check now. So no, when this book don't try to cash it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when this book was completed but not yet released, Pat, could you, to answer this last question, could you foresee that this it? this is going to be a success? I knew this was going to be big, and but Gianni and I will agree that a lot of people didn't. Right. Really. And a lot of and and, and a lot You're of people are of kicking it. themselves in the ass. And I'll uh, I'll name uh, I I I won't name one publisher because it's uh, not the correct thing to do, but the initials are Simon and Schuster <laughs> uh, uh, turned us down. Yeah. Uh, they were the first to turn us down. They didn't have very nice things to say about either of us. Really? And when oh, yeah. this book went, well, they used to turn viral. I mean, it, it was published and then seven foreign countries decided that they wanted to uh, publish it in their country. One of those countries was Australia. And who do you think the publisher was in Australia who bought our book? Simon and Schuster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. They learned the hard way because they could have got gotten it on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Now they didn't. Oh. <laughs> wow. but no, no. We, we, you, you know, know, and I want I want the world while we're on that. I want the world to know our paperback is probably the fastest return paperback ever coming out June seventh, uh, July seventh this year. Wow. Yeah, July that's, that's quick. That's quick. That's how how long one. does that usually take, Pat? It usually takes a year afterwards. Or, no, more than that. You only have two years. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, paperbacks don't come out until the hardcover is out of print. Oh, okay. So will they, the they hardcover wanna, still be in print? They want to double down, so to speak. Our book isn't going to go out of print for a while. Wow. They, but the, no, the, the our numbers, are, our our numbers right now are bigger than, than they were when out. it came out. Hmm. Yeah, so now we're going to have two books out there selling equally 
as well, we, we hope, of course. But ours is coming. It's, it's not going to be in a typical paperback size. It's going to be in what's known as a trade paperback, which is a hardcover sized book with a soft cover. Oh, awesome. And not uh, only but, that. Uh, we, I had no idea. I, I, I knew what we had in the book. And, uh, but you get, you get sort of beaten down when you get turned down by all these publishers. We got turned down by a lot of publishers. Yeah. Uh, they were and, then, and then what, what happens, what's still happening, we're selling more books now a year out of the gate than we did when the book was published, which is not supposed to be. As wow. time goes on, the it book is supposed to sell down. less and less. Mm-hmm. Ours is selling more and more, as evidenced by our last royalty check, which shocked the hell out of me. That's uh, awesome. But, no, but the Shame other thing, too, is like... sister and all you other people. Yeah. But not only that, and I, 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 I want to say thank you to them, not that they're on board yet. I don't want to mislead anybody. But Hudson News made a proposal. 900 stores and 87 airports... That they're going to be selling the paperback. That's amazing. Hello. Everybody look out for the paperback coming this summer. Every time, you know what it is? Every time Johnny calls me, it's always good news. I I, I see the uh, caller ID, Johnny Russo, and I start thinking. Yeah, that tends to be a trend. I like it. I got to buy another car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad I could be the guy in the the red suit. The guy white beard. Yeah, right. All right, good stuff. Next one is from. James. James says, Gianni, you've obviously worked on a lot of films. Who would you say was your favorite director to work with? Good That's question. a good question. Wow. Mm-hmm. My favorite director. I, I would say this to you, and most people probably don't know him. Andrew Bergman, who I did The Freshman with, Chances Are, and Striptease. He's got, he, I mean, he's like an intellect. It's like going to a college where your professor is younger than you, <laughs> but you want to listen to him. But you want to learn from him. And I mean, Francis, I, I mean, Francis really didn't know me, didn't want to know me. He didn't know how I got there. Poor I mean, Coppola. But the, yeah, <laughs> but the interesting thing is that look where the film went. But to really, there have been so many, fortunately. I mean, uh, Oliver Stone was insane, mm-hmm. but I understand his intellect. And so it's a hard question because I've had so many great directors. But I would think at, at a retrospect of saying who helped me and defined something, Andrew Bergman. Hmm. Good guy. All right. Good answer. Okay. All right. So next one is from Frank. This one is for Patrick. Frank says, can you cite a time a police, a police officer excuse me, was killed by the mob? I know this doesn't usually happen, but I recall a cop being killed by the mob in New York in the 1980s. Yeah, that was uh, during my time in the NYPD. That never happened. In fact, very rarely happens. I can't think of any other time. In the 80s, a, a police officer by the name of Frank Dolls, D-O-L-S, was uh, murdered by the mob. It's a, it's a unique story. He got married to a woman that was married previously to two wise guys who were both murdered. Mm. Now it was his turn. Either somebody had something against her or somebody had uh, something against him for marrying her, but he was uh, assassinated by two guys with shotguns. Oh my gosh. Uh, he was 86, if I'm not mistaken. It could be a little earlier, but somewhere around there, but yeah, I, I it wasn't think, Eddie you know, Dolls, was it? Ralph, Ralph Dolls, uh, D O L S. Uh, yeah, I went to the funeral. He was given a uh, 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 police officer's uh, inspector's funeral. That's where you get killed in the line of duty. Right, right. They assumed he got killed in, in the line of duty because he was assassinated. They assumed because he was a cop. Mm-hmm. I maybe have. I I question that, mm-hmm. uh, but it was never determine why but you gotta just figure his you know his wife had two previous husbands whacked <laughs> you know yeah that I mean, seems wow. kinda yeah. weird yeah, her name was yeah. her name was Kim don't even mention I don't wanna have a date with her oh yeah bad I, 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 juju <laughs> her first name was Kim she's still around oh is she yeah really? are you kidding me I think she got remarried no, no, she, no, do they call her the black widow <laughs> I, I, could you imagine she deserves three it she husbands deserves the title yeah that's the only one that I know of uh, in answer to your question, also, you're, you're, you're right. The, 
Uh, mafia stays away from cops. They have rules. That's one of them. Unless the cop is involved. The cop is involved. Oh. That's a different story. Right. The rules don't apply. Got it. All right. Next one is from George. For both Gianni and Patrick. George says, I did the math and between the two of you, you have 150 years of successful life experience. Whoa. As a young man just starting out, what would be the one or two things you would advise me to do to become successful? And you guys are successful in different ways too. Good so math. maybe a lot of advice can come from this. Okay. Uh, okay. First thing I would say is take risks. Don't play it safe. You got to, you know, we could have 150 years of life between us, but it's, that's a short period of time. You don't take the easy way out. Take risks, even though you're afraid. I mean, I failed numerous times. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Johnny did too. I failed in business. It took me three books to get a book published before they, they finally, you know, said, I, I think we'll publish this one. That's one thing. And the other thing is, don't be concerned about what people think of you. Mm, what, except if advice. it's your family. That's a different story. Right. But people may be jealous of you. People just may not like you for what, whatever reason it is. If you're concerned about what other people think of you, in my opinion, you're living their lives. Oh, you're yeah. not living yours. Hmm. No, if you're going to be intimidated, forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or not even be intimidated, but be concerned and change your lifestyle to fit what they expect you to be. Hmm. So th those are my two things. I think How that's great advice. That even just helped me out, I think, too. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you, you don't need any help. You're on the road to... Yeah, we'll, be, we'll be coming to you for advice in a couple of years. <laughs> no, see, unfortunately, a question like that, to me, I, 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 I feel so privileged because the people took me under their wing. Hmm. I would have nothing without them gearing me. I didn't make these choices. Right. And all of a sudden, I found out I had a couple of million dollars in my pocket, and I, I, <laughs> well, I, be, I, be, I would beg to differ to that with that because when the period you're talking about, you were a child. Oh yeah. You know, you you don't have much influence over your future, but the the steps you took to be in the Godfather were epic. Oh, of course. I mean, writing this stuff, I was amazed. Those of you who haven't read the book, we're not, we aren't going to go into what you did. That would take up a whole episode. But you know, you. Uh, Scheme after scheme, uh, you know. You say, I'm going to get into that movie, you know. So you're you're the same kind of guy with taking risks. That was a hell of a risk. It didn't risk your life or anything, but it risks your your reputation, your ego. And I understand you have an ego. Somebody told me that. Yeah, that's oh, my, my that's ego. come up once or twice. Oh, yeah, okay, that's the door, yeah, that up in <laughs> No, but you understand what I'm saying. It's yeah. not from you know your your age with with Frank Costello and these guys. It's what you did after that. You took a chance with your hotel. You took a chance with your jewelry business, your wigs business. You didn't know if these things were going to be successful. You must have failed in business too along the line uh, in other businesses. Well, you know, I, I have to, I, I really, the sad part about that is that I had so much money. When people fail, they can't come back. I had so much cash, I can always come back. And yeah, I but that isn't the point. People don't like to fail. They don't want to fail. Oh, looking I don't want to fail. It, looking, at it, uh, looking at it a different way, yeah, you had the money. So some people would say, if they were in your position, they would say, well, why take the risk? You took the risk and try yeah. something else. You know, it, it's it, the main thing in life, and you and I apparently agree, is risk-taking is a good thing. Oh, my God. And understand that you, you may fail. In fact, you will fail. But anyway, yeah, and, and okay, I hope our question. audience is listening really to what he just said to me. That's the kind of relationship Pat has. He's telling me now and recorrected me in my own decision. That's a big part of a partnership and listening and taking people's advice. Mm -hmm. He corrected me and he's right. I did take a lot of risk. I could add millions of dollars, but I wouldn't be successful. Am I gonna lay in my money? I took it and got it there and I thank you for correcting me, Pat, you're right. Yeah, well, you're, you're one of the reasons that I, uh, I admire and respect you because you're a risk taker. You may not even realize until you start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I mean, to go up on stage, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, in, in, in your uh, later years, 50s, 60s, whatever, decide you're going to have a cabaret act, that's a hell of a risk. Think about it. I know. Absolutely. I can't yeah. believe I'm sold out in 15 And he's so seats. fearless about it in every aspect. Yeah, yeah. That's you the know, way I describe you, know, yeah, you yeah, as well, you uh, are uh, fearless. It, it, it's a, it's a part of his personality. After a mm -hmm. while, uh, that's the way you, you you conduct your life. Understand that that's not the usual, normal. What you yeah. do, right? Right. You know. 
Okay. So thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. And giving right. this kid the wrong advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right. On that note, that's all I have for tonight. A bitty, bitty, bitty. That's all, folks. <laughs> that's all, folks. Okay. Hey, thank you all. Please tell your friends. We got to get more followers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting crazy. I'm watching all these other podcast bypasses with, with listeners. We're doing pretty well. We're doing but right. we can always do better. But I'm not settling. All I right. want more. I All want right. more. There, there you go. There you go, okay. people. You better listen. Yeah, please call yeah. your friends, your mothers, anybody you want. X, Y, How many mothers do you have? I don't know. A right. lot. All right. Okay. God bless you all. Good night, we'll, everybody. We'll be back next week, hmm. whether you like it or we'll not. We'll talk to you then. Good night, guys. Good night. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Or when it seems your friends desert you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.